unique school in Christchurch's central city as parents are lining up to get their children in. Alta Fiti Unlimited Discovery is a state-funded special character school that currently has 193 children on the wait list. Students work on a high-trust model, directing their own learning, and can learn anytime, anywhere, including off-site if it's agreed. There's also a cohort of students who are not able to attend full-time education. Alta Fiti Unlimited Discovery Principal Anita Yarwood joins me now. Very good morning to you. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. I just found it interesting when I was reading the story that I initially saw in Stuff um, <clears throat> that we'd just had a really big discussion about Mount Roskill Grammar and, you know, the the ombudsman saying that the school owed the family an apology and whether schools should be able to set their own character and their own rules and their own regulations. This one was run along very grammar school type lines. Yours one's, yours seems to be at the opposite end of the spectrum. Is mm. that what our education system needs, the choice for people to be able to send their kids where they're going to best learn? I think so. Yeah. I think um, very much that there's no such thing as a one-size-fits-all model of education that's going to suit every single person in New Zealand. Uh, people are different and yeah. people need different things from education. And it's really important to be able to identify what you would like from a, from your school. And it has to fit the values and so forth that you and your family hold dear. And yeah, that's what you need to be looking for. And I think in our context, we've got a community who has the um, ability to be able to choose our special character and they make that choice and come here. And I assume it must be the same for grammar school, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure how the zones and so forth work up in Auckland. Well, it makes it difficult because if you're zoned for a school, you're zoned for it. And if, you're, mm. if you've got a gorgeous child who loves unicorn hair and can't yeah. sit still for 10 minutes and they're zoned mm. for a school that says sit still, you know, like the U2, like the um Pink Floyd song, you know, yeah. then it's it makes it really hard for everybody without that choice. It does. And I think, and I mean, this might be a bit controversial, but I think schools have a responsibility to consult with their communities and work with their communities. And communities probably aren't static. Some of those values and so forth must change over the years as the world changes and people change. And maybe schools need to look at how they adapt um, yep. Or, like I say, work with their communities, being able to deliver what it is that those students need. When my daughter was at intermediate school, a state intermediate school, there was a, mm-hmm. uh, in the second year, in Form 2 or whatever it is, yeah, anyway, mm-hmm. um, they had a kinetic learning class. So they spotted the kids who learnt differently, who were smart as whips, but just learnt yeah. a different way and put yeah. them in a class to maximise their learning. Yeah. which I thought was a great idea. Yeah. Is there an ability for all school, schools to allow that kind of flexibility in learning or is it going to be school by school rather than classroom by classroom? Um, again, I mean, I can't talk for all schools. I think with an education model, there has to be that flexibility um, because you know you're, you're working with a whole range of different people but schools and their communities, you know, people send their um, children to schools for different reasons. And it must be really hard for a school who has a community who, you know, a big chunk of the community who like the education model the way it is to then look at how they adapt that to be flexible for maybe a minority in their community and so forth. I mean, in an ideal world, absolutely. Mm. But there's bigger tensions there than, um, you know, it is about responding to your community.
you've got kids who, once they leave school, blossom. They mm-hmm. they do. They're doers, not sitters and writers yeah. downer. Um, yeah. And for too long, I think schools ignored those people. And it was just a, a marking time period for dissatisfied yeah. young men and women who just wanted to go out and make their way in the world and do stuff. And they've gone on to be very successful. Is mm-hmm. that the kind of child you're getting at your school? Absolutely. Um, so because we offer that individualised, personalised programme, and we have we purposely design our structures to be flexible so that students can leave the building, they can go off-site, they can determine their own learning, which when you look at things like the World Economic Forum, they released a report in 2019 which identified eight critical characteristics for high-quality learning, and that personalised, self-paced learning and learning outside the classroom are two of those characteristics. Um, we are purposely creating individuals who can go out there and change the world and make it a better place because they have the confidence and skill set to be able to do that. That's what we are working towards with our students. Would others look at the school and say, oh, that's for kids who are troubled, kids who are on the spectrum, kids who don't behave, you know, um, behave and play by the rules? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, and to be fair, we do attract kids who maybe have struggled in mainstream education mm-hmm. settings. We do have um, a high number of kids here who have strong voices. We've got students involved in the school strike for climate. We have students who are willing to stand up for themselves and say, hey, I think this is wrong. We need to do better, uh, which is great. And often those students have struggled in maybe more traditional schooling where they maybe haven't, the voice hasn't been allowed to be heard as much. Um, but we don't just have um, the students who have struggled. We've also got students and families because we work so closely with our families who've just decided that they'd like that alternative option for their child where they can be more active in their learning. They're not passive recipients of knowledge. They're being taught how to go out there and find the knowledge they need and then think critically about it. That's what we're aiming for. Does it make it difficult to attract staff? Because as an authoritarian bossy boots, I'd just like to stand at the front of the class and have everyone sit down and shut up and listen to me. Um, sort of yeah. talk back as a version of it. Um, yeah. do, you, do you attract a different form of teacher as well as a different form of student? Um, we have very low staff turnover. I've only been here since January, yep. um, but we have very low staff turnover. We we have fabulous staff, and we have staff who tend to have interests, really interesting interests outside um, the classroom. Uh, for, for a lot of teachers, and having come from you know mainstream education, yep. a lot of us don't. We become teachers because we like working with young people. The, compliance stuff, the uniform stuff, the discipline stuff, we do that because that's our responsibility, but it's not necessarily a part of the job that we enjoy or value so much. So I don't think we would, if we did have staff who chose to leave, I don't think we would have trouble attracting staff. We do get staff when they are interested, just like students, they have to do a tour, they have to have an understanding of our special character because it is different. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have staff rooms, we don't have offices, um, it's not like another school where you can go and hide away from the students, you're working with them constantly, um, so staff have to be aware of that. And we also very much that generalist approach. While we do have subject-specific um, staff mm-hmm. and we do offer an NCA program, a big chunk of every teacher's um, program of the day is what we call home base, which is just working with learners around how to be learners and to develop those skill sets to be self-directed and so forth. 
We've heard from so many employers today who can't get overseas staff because the mm. borders are closed. And the kids who are turning up to work just aren't interested. You know, they they, right. they feel that the, the best ones have been cherry-picked and they're kind of left with the ones that they're having to drive them to work. They're trying oh. to motivate them. Right. What sort of employees... Uh, is your school providing, or are they the entrepreneurs of the future? Well, hopefully the entrepreneurs of the future, or the <laughs> activists, or the making the world a better place. Mm. But I think for a student to be successful in managing their own learning or the self-directed learning, they need to develop those skills, which when you look at any report from employees, they're looking for kids who've got initiative, who can manage deadlines, who can pick up the phone and talk to people, um, who have got, you know, that confidence. And because we have so many students doing these individualised projects, um, they just pick up those skill sets along the way, much more so than they might if they were sitting in a more traditional NCA class five periods a week, you know, doing this sort of theoretical knowledge. I think the beauty of our school is that kids are out there doing the practical side and that gives them that skill set that employees are looking for. So they know how to show up. Mind you, if mm. it, as an employer, you probably don't want to be told by a bright young activist that, mate, the no. way you're doing things is so outdated. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a much no. better system. True, true. Yeah, there probably is a fine line there. Um, but, but, yeah, but we even have, you know, I was chatting to one of our teachers, a little six-year-old who decided he wanted to learn about rainbows, and he did a whole workshop and taught other six-year-olds how to find the rainbow prisms and glasses and so forth. You know, a six-year-old having the confidence to do that, imagine when that six-year-old becomes 17, 18, mm. what they're going to be able to achieve. I mean, I think that's magic. Lovely to talk with you. Thank you so much, Anita. Anita Yawood, Director of Aotearoa Unlimited Discovery, Special Character School in Christchurch.